Hi there, and welcome to English for the Long Run. I'm Monique, your host, and I'm an English teacher, language learner, and most importantly, I'm an amateur runner who loves to talk with runners from all over the world. Every two weeks, I interview inspiring runners about running, life, and everything in between. If you love to run and you are looking for a different way to improve your English, then please hit the subscribe button. You can also visit my webpage www.englishforthelongrun.com for more inspiration and tips. Hope you enjoyed here and thank you for listening. by Veronica Haas from Austria. Veronica is a 36-year-old competitive ultra runner who grew up in Fels am Wagram in Lower Austria. Just to give you an idea, in 2017, she ran the Trans Gran Canaria, and in 2018, she ran the Peña Golosa Ultra Trail in Castellón as a member of the Austrian national team. She holds two PhDs, one in philosophy, one in Latin, but surprisingly, she made her student job as an aerobic and fitness trainer her main job. She got married in 2021 and she became a mom, but this didn't stop her from running. Due to her husband's job, she lives in between her home country and Israel, where she could participate in several competitions and even won some of them this year. Three words express her life pillars, motivation, movement, and goal setting. We're going to talk about running in Austria and in Israel, about being a mom and an ultra runner, her job as a coach, and also about language learning. So welcome, Veronica. It's great to see you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Monique, for the invitation. <laughs> I'm very happy to see you. So how is Tel Aviv at the moment? Is it very, very hot? Yes, <laughs> it's really hot and very humid here in Tel Aviv. So I have to get up very early for my morning runs. Otherwise, it would be much too hot. At what time do you get up for a run? At, at five, I set the, the clock and yeah. Let's start with the questions. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about you. So tell us a bit about where you were born and where you live now. And how did you discover your passion for running? So I was born in Austria uh, in a little village close to Vienna. When I was a child, I also liked doing sports, but more tennis and volleyball and going with the bike. And I also started uh, mountaineering at the age of 16 uh, with my brother and my father. And especially after school, I started running because uh, it was really when I finished the school, it was kind of feeling of freedom to run even longer and longer and longer. <laughs> and also when I was at university in Vienna, 
I traveled each weekend back home because I much more enjoyed running in the nature than in the city. Yeah, and then when I started to the education training to becoming a fitness trainer during my studies, I thought I should, as a trainer, I should uh, be in a better condition than my clients. So I started to train uh, more and also started competing at uh, competitions. But yeah, when you start with 10K and then you have the idea, oh, I could run a half marathon and then you train and you reach the finish line and you see, oh, it's not that bad and I survived. And afterwards you see, mm, I could train for a marathon. And so over the years, the distances got longer and longer. And I also got into mountain running because in Austria, yeah, we have a lot of mountains. And uh, once I was in a hiking tour with my brother and my father, and I saw for the first time people running uphill and I said to myself it's also unbelievable and I want to do this myself and so I started training and the next year there was a mountain run the distances got longer the, the elevation get also more and more and I think it's really important to give your body time to adopt or to the new aims and not to uh, do more too fast you shouldn't be impatient with running, right? Yeah. You have to adapt. When did you run your first marathon? And when did you run your first mountain marathon? Do you remember that? I think at the age of 23, something like that, was the first marathon. And the, before the first mountain run. And then I think the next year it was a, a mountain marathon. <laughs> Amazing. You are a running and a fitness coach, but you have two PhDs in Latin and philosophy. Uh, you chose to, to work in the sports sector. Do you think that what you studied helped you in any way? Yeah, definitely. And I don't regret that I uh, started and finished my studies. I have to say I had the really um, amazing honor or gift from my parents that they said, Ronike, you can study whatever you want and what you're interested in. And honestly, this was at this age of 18, uh, Latin and philosophy, because I was really interested in philosophy and I loved translating Latin texts. And also at this uh, age, I also was very into sports, but I thought uh, if I start to become a trainer, and then to start studying, I will hardly finish it. But I do it the other way around. It is more realistic. And uh, this was really a good decision. And I, I was not very <laughs> um, slowly when studying. So I, I thought I can start the education training to becoming an instructor so I started uh, working in the fitness center just to earn a little bit of money for myself. But in, I don't know how it is in Spain, but in Vienna, we also had have at the university special offers for the students and also for the academics at the sports institute. And I also received some classes there. 
And from year over year, I got more classes so that really could live from it. And it was my main job. During that, I finished also my studies and I also liked doing a PhD, this uh, kind of scientific working. And especially in philosophy and Latin, when you really also have to think about your topics, it was great to go running. Of course, yes. A lot of people ask me, how did you do your PhD that fast? And I said, I didn't spend that much hours on the laptop. The best ideas came in my mind when I was running. Of course, I said also in front of the laptop, but when there was something tricky, something, some problem that I couldn't solve, I know it is more efficient when I go running now and think about it. And it will not always, I have to confess, but sometimes uh, solve during this process. That movement in your mind and movement in your body, if they both in harmony, that's the perfect way how to to work. Yes, I, I like what you say. It's about moving. Uh, you you have to move so that you mentally also can achieve goals and can do things. I think we all experience that when you go for a run and you might have had some problems at work, uh, that when you go for a run, all of a sudden the problem seems less important or you come up with a solution. And when you're back, you have another approach towards that problem. So that's that's true. So a lot of the work you did for your PhDs, you did that running, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's fantastic. And now you, I know that you're living in between two countries. I mean, you, you live, sometimes you live in Austria and now, for example, we are having our chat uh, you're in Tel Aviv. How uh, are you an online, online trainer? How do you manage to do uh, your job when you're working from everywhere? My last semester before getting pregnant, all my classes were online. So you have to imagine that I was spending all my 16 classes and they are one and a half hour in front of the laptop because I also hold my running classes online. So they were more combination of body weight training and workout things. So I think I have quite a lot of experience of, of uh, giving online courses and I also have some personal training clients so if any one of my Spanish running friends is interested, you can uh, really write me a message and we, will, we can try it out. <laughs> Great. So before we go uh, over to running, I wanted to ask you something because I think it's very interesting. And as you know, this is a educational podcast. I try to interview interesting, inspiring runners from all over the world running connects and languages connect so i think it's nice uh, to talk a little bit about languages and um, as you said you you are living right now in in tel aviv i wanted to know um how many languages do you speak so at school uh i i learned latin and also french but i'm more from the theoretical side so what i really was missing was more the practical thing and Afterwards, I also had one uh, year of Spanish, but uh, <laughs> it is all done. 
unfortunately. And uh, now um, that I spend more time here in Israel because my husband is working here, I, I try to learn Hebrew because I think it's very important when you are in another country or important. It's just logical for me that I want to to understand and to communicate uh, with the people who are living here. As you've mentioned, I'm at the moment here in, in Tel Aviv, where I also have not only Israeli people, but also a lot of Arabic people. And I really love the combination. And so uh, I have the plan also to start learning Arabic, with, which is, I've, as I've heard, even more difficult than learning Hebrew. But I think it's also a sign of respect for the people you're living with, even if you, uh, when, when they see that you try to communicate in their own language, um, they appreciate it. Yes, uh, um, I totally agree with you. Um, so let's go over and talk about running and being a mom and finding a balance between running and taking care of a child because you um, have a, a baby daughter? Yeah. Yes. First of all, the first question, because I was reading through your blog and you have very nice articles about uh, the balance. Yes, the balance between motherhood and running. And my question for you is, did you run during pregnancy? Uh, not a lot, I have to say, because when I was, when I got pregnant and I read what's, what is allowed to do and what not, the quintessence of everything was listen to your body. And this is in general what I did before, but I did it even more and Sometimes running felt good, sometimes not. And uh, but on the long term, not not it was not didn't feel very good for me. I didn't run longer than than one hour or one and a half, and that's that's not much for me. Okay, you kept fit and in another way maybe. I did a lot of aerobic, uh, my usual gymnastic training, also some workout things, and in the summer I did a lot of hiking. So this felt very good, and until the end, I just walking, and I tried to move as much as felt good. Yes. <laughs> because just and then on the end, there was. Do you do you have uh, uh, children, Monique? Yes, I have two yeah. children, but now they are twenty and twenty-one years old. Twenty-two years old. Sorry. <laughs> but then, then you might know that uh, when it's getting closer to giving birth, the midwives tell you everything should be uh, not not tightened. So it was a problem that I was in a good physical condition. And they said, Veronica, don't do that much. No cycling anymore, just walking and relax. That you're like more relaxed. I didn't know that. So you were doing too many things so they told you like let go a little bit yeah yeah and that was honestly more difficult because i'm not the the sofa couch potato <laughs> <laughs> so you kept fit during your pregnancy and i'm asking this or saying this because 
Amazingly, three months after giving birth, you ran your first half marathon at the Dead Sea, right? Yes. I think it's really hard to wrap my head around that because the first time I had a, had a baby, Julia, um, I really felt bad after giving birth. My body didn't recover very uh, soon. So um, I can't imagine myself running a half marathon after three months. So how did you do that? The, the same way as during pregnancy, I really hurt to my body. Because uh, I felt quite fit three days afterwards to going for a walk. And, you know, I, I didn't want to stay any longer in the hospital. And I was really looking forward to coming home. Fortunately, I didn't have any bad injuries and, or something like that. So that's, that's another gift because, yeah, you can't foresee if you have a, a section, then you will spend uh, some weeks in the hospital or recovering. And then I heard already the motivation in my body. And now it's, uh, I also started at first with some aerobics and a little bit of jumping after two, three weeks just in the, at, at home. And when you go to your gynecologist, they tell you you have to wait at least until six or nine weeks to start running. So as I know my body, and I also talked uh, talk to my midwife, who is also a runner, so he understood me. Yes. She also give, gave me the advice, Brony, when it's good for you, try it out. And that's exactly what I did, because for my first run after, after giving birth, I just said, if it doesn't feel good after one minute, I turn around and yeah. So with no expectations, but what I also kept in mind was, was the advice of the midwife, wife, take a good bra, because <laughs> you know, for the breastfeeding, that's another factor you, you don't have in your mind before. So actually, I used two bras, uh, and this was also a good decision. And honestly, it felt very good. And yeah, it was just half an hour but yeah I had my 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 good feelings again yeah I can imagine because when you're so used to running mm -hmm. when that falls away I guess you get a little bit low because uh, I mean we all experience the runner's high when you have gone for a run for 30 minutes even 30 minutes it can be longer but you come back with a great feeling and after giving birth if you're I mean, the time you're spending outside is probably also much more limited. And yeah. outside time is also very important to be outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. So what I also thought was interesting, I mean, you didn't only run this half marathon at the Dead Sea, but you also participated nine months after giving birth at the Gross Glockner Ultra Trail. And that's an 84-kilometer trail run in the eastern Alps of Austria. And if I'm not incorrect, this was in July, and you finished in third position. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that experience. Of course. So this race is uh, 
in my opinion, one of the best ultra trail running competitions in, in Austria. It's around our highest mountain. And it, because of this fact, it's also very alpine. So you have technical, difficult trails where you usually just walk and do mountaineering things. So you also have to keep in mind the, the height because you reach around 3000 meters up and down. And uh, this year there was really heavy rain. So you have really special and intense condi conditions. And I competed there already, I think this year it was the fourth time. And it was my first 110k competition because uh, they have several distances. The longest one is 110 kilometers and then 84 and 50 and 30. So when I planned my season, I thought I would really love to participate there again. And when I subscribed, I was still deciding or oh, not sure should I run the 50 or the 80. And the organizer of the race said, subscribe for the 84. You can uh, switch to the 50 if you don't feel comfortable before. And yeah, and that was exactly what I, what I did. And yeah, I thought, no, I, let's give it a try. Wow. <laughs> and I was I was really nervous because yeah it was a really long distance after a long time and but I don't regret it and, and also now I appreciate the time I can run for myself much more than before yes because probably this was one of the first times you were a longer time away from your baby yeah you're absolutely right it was the longest time <laughs> Uh, and uh, and also this was a factor I had before in my mind. I will I will decide if it's also good and manageable for my daughter and for my husband, and that the time is also right for her. Exactly, uh, it was a test. Yes, yes, yes. And how many? I mean, you did eighty-four kilometers in the in the Alps. For how many hours did you run? So it was also with. 5,000 uh, meters up and down and I needed 13 hours 36. I'm very happy with the with the result although I really used a lot of time at the eight stations because as I've mentioned in the beginning uh, it was really raining from the first four hours and the end of July and now <laughs> I can't imagine this at the moment here in Tel Aviv. And and I really took the time. Why should I really hurry up? I want to enjoy the race. And at the ultra competition, it's very random that you have two seconds to your follower, to the next woman. I used altogether, let's say, 15, 20 minutes at the eight stations. But yeah, it yeah. was worth it. Of course, of course. But I mean, I think I wanted to ask you this later on in the interview, but as we're talking about it, this is one of the ultra trails you would recommend people to go to from Spain in Austria? Yeah, definitely. It's a really beautiful landscape. 
So it's in July, and normally I think you will have nicer weather. This this year it was terrible, as you said. There was a lot of rain, but normally the weather is good, I guess. Yeah, normally, yeah, I think they had already one year with bad, bad weather, but you can't foresee it. But... Okay, and do a lot of international runners go there? Yeah, the, the, the funny thing is the my husband, he was also competing the day before at the 35 kilometers and he met a group of Israeli runners. Of course, that's uh, quite uh, for us just funny, and but it is uh, quite international. Wow. You spoke about a good ultra marathon in Austria is there another race you would recommend in Austria maybe not ultra but just like a half marathon or a marathon for people yeah but I, I would also recommend quite a, a local run in in lower Austria it's also a trail run but not so difficult it's called the Ötcher Marathon. Okay. It's not so easy to, to, to spell, but it's a two days competition. The first day is 50k. You can also uh, run it in a relay. So one person 20, the other one 30k. And it's really also beautiful. And then you have the second day uh, with 20k. So all together, if you run both, it's 70 with 2,000 meters up and, uh, and down. And uh, it, it's really nicely organized. Yeah, that's a good tip. I mean, you said the Ötcher Marathon, and I'm going to write it down in the notes so people can find it. The Ötcher, I'm saying it correctly? Ötcher? Yeah. Ötcher? Okay, and it's in Lower Austria. It, the Ötcher is also a, a mountain. Okay. Uh, also in Lower Austria, we have some mountains, but of course they are not the highest because of course uh, the usual city marathons as all over the world. Vienna is nice because you have a lot of sightseeing, also Salzburg. Yeah, Vienna. And when is Vienna normally? Do you know what month it is? Yeah, in April, in the middle April. of April. That's a good time, yes, for a marathon. So Vienna in April and the Ucher Marathon in Lower Austria, if you want to run through some mountains in Austria. These are your yeah. tips. And of course, the one you did, the Glockner. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about running in Israel. What mm -hmm. is the running culture like in Israel? It's quite similar to the Austrian vibe. As a, that, that's really an interesting question because uh, when I was at my first race at the Dead Sea, and it was really, you know, there was Corona in between, <laughs> so I'm pregnancy, and then being at the starting line for the first time, And it was exactly the same feeling as everywhere. You, you see the runners next to you warming up, looking at the watch. And so it was really nice to feel back again. But there are some differences that the, I don't know how it is in Spain, but in Austria, usually races start at nine or 10 in the morning. In Spain, it's the same. Okay, so, but here in Israel, even in winter, they start quite early at six, six thirty-seven, and 
in the beginning I thought getting up that early and also you know with having breakfast and all the things you think about but now I really appreciate it because I'm used to running early now and on the other hand you are not coming into the heat yes but when you start in Israel it's Six o'clock, it, it can be pitch dark in winter time. Yeah, but um, that's not so real problem. No, it's nice. I mean, I guess it's nice when you see the, the rise of the sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hmm. So would you recommend the Dead Sea Half Marathon? Yeah, it's a, a great experience because actually you run on the sea. Uh, you start at the beach and then there is a way uh, on the sea and on the right and the left and you have all the, the uh, salt and this year I really tried out the, a lot of races here in, in Israel and it's also nice to get to know the, the, the culture also in Tel Aviv the half marathon and also one thing I have to mention here what was different that The weather forecast was very bad. <laughs> so they pre-poned the race the day before, one half an hour before. And I thought this wouldn't have worked in Austria. And I don't know why. Because uh, when it's when it's nine o'clock, it's nine o'clock. Yeah. And, but they, the weather forecast was very bad uh, weather with heavy rain, a thunderstorm and And luckily, I just ran the half marathon because at, at nine, I was at home again. <laughs> and then there was really bad weather and I was so happy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen in Spain either. I mean, we, we always start at the same time or if the weather is so bad, it gets canceled. Yeah, yeah. So you talked about what races you recommend both in Israel and in Austria. Uh, before we speak a little bit about where people can find you, I wanted to ask you if there is a running book or documentary you like and you think people should take a look at. Honestly, I have I have some literature, but it's all in, in German. So, and more from the theoretical side about how to improve your your training and on also nutrition. Of course. But yeah, of course, I can also send you the recommendations, but I'm not sure if it's... If it's translated into English. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So don't worry. So um, tell people where they can find you. Yes. Yeah, so I have a web page. It's called froni.run. Uh, froni, it's my nickname. And honestly, in Austria, everyone knows me more than uh, as Froni than as Veronica. I have to say that I need to update it again because I still like of uh, two receipts about uh, the goals club, for instance, the next the next topic I write and but it's I write now all in in German, but of course you find my mail address there and if you have any questions, just it would be an honor for me if you write me and on Instagram also I'm. I have an account is phony.run and on Facebook under my normal name. So I offer personal training and also online classes and 
if definitely some people are interested in, in English online group classes, I will uh, also launch some of them. That's great. So, yeah, and also um, kind of a coach. So just giving advice if you are stuck into your training and or your running routine or you want to uh, prepare for for special race, I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. You know, I think what you're saying, I mean, running is a very individual sport. Yeah. And uh, everybody can run, of course, and you can sign up for races and you can do it all by yourself. But I have to say that I think that coaches are fantastic because they really know how to push you and also to run more um, effectively. Because sometimes when you're doing it all on your own, you're doing always the same loop. You're doing always the same training. And then you, you race and you say, I, I'm not. I'm not getting any better because yeah. I, well, because I mean, I guess it's because you don't, you're not doing the things you should do. So what advice do you have for amateur runners? To um, change your roots or sometimes you just, I also appreciate it to run out of the door and do my special, my, my usual uh, morning run. But when I was in Austria, and I had more time. I also, on the weekends, I traveled uh, some time just to try out the new running tr uh, track. What I also re recommend is not to concentrate just on running, but also the whole, you know, body weight and stabilization training. That's very very important not to have any injuries so even if r running is sometimes that's just the easiest thing also for tra training and if it's very exhausting to start planking or stretching or something like that it's very important to to do this <laughs> so when, when I had, for instance my running classes in Austria it was always a combination of running one hour and then half an hour stabilization uh, and strengthening training and all the exercises that you usually don't want to do on your home and lonely so uh, but you are definitely right finding a group is also a good motivation factor and also having an aim so when you subscribe for a race in uh, six months, months, so you have to focus on it. And when you see that you are getting better and, and faster, you will have pleasure of it. Of course, uh, it's not always the case that you get better, but never, never lose the pleasure during running. I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. You have to enjoy it. So thank you so much for this conversation, Vroni. I'm going to call you Vroni now. <laughs> it was great. It was great to talk with you. And uh, thank you very much. Last question. What is your next race? My next race is next week. In, it will be the Petra Desert Marathon. So in Jordan. Wow. And uh, yeah, it will get very hot. It will be my first desert marathon. And yeah, that's also the good thing on running. Now I'm competing, I think, 
15, 16 years, so I'm quite old in the scene, but it will be my first desert marathon. There is always a huge range of new experiences. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, I wish you very good luck or, and I will follow you. Very good thank luck you. with that. And thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Monique. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of English for the Long Run. If you like this episode and don't want to miss the next one, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button. If you're interested in taking your English to the next level while listening and reading about running, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter www.englishforthelongrun.com. Bye for now.